Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Collider Heroes is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all DC platform for us DC fans where you can binge the new and highly touted original series, Titans, or jump into the beloved and bizarre Doom Patrol, with new episodes dropping weekly. Also, check out the thousands of comics just added, including more recent titles and complete storylines. Join at DCUniverse.com. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, while supplies last. Offer ends eight thirty one twenty. makes all the money and we're talking spoilers we also have some shazam social media reactions and it's end of an arrow we find out that the series is ending and my colleagues murder me for that amazing amazing joke now can we make puns out of the rest like will these puns be ready in a flash we are children of stan lee we owe it to that man to make anyway welcome back to collider heroes it is episode 296 yeah we are four from the venom issue and we talked about Todd Brooks this week. I gotta say, that guy is awesome. That'll happen later wow. in the episode. He, it, J- James Olsen is fantastic, I have to say. But, speaking of Venom issues, we have Hector Wait, explain that segue. Okay, so... Hector, Spider-Bro, got it. fellow obsessive, got it. four issues from Venom, Venom, member of the Spider-Man phone. Member of the Venom Boys. We Venom did Boys. the Venom Boys. Venom Boys? Yeah, that was before the movie came out. That Y'all was. showed up, Venom Boys. Yeah, we Dem did. Venom we Boys. We are all Venom Boys now. Yes, we are. Dem Venom I, Boys, almost a billion. I just want to say, it is such an honor to be in the presence of some real legends of tomorrow. You both. That's <laughs> who you are. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I wanted to contribute, too. <laughs> Oh boy! That was super girl. Oh. Super. Yeah. Thanks. That's Ooh, good. They're just gonna That's get worse. Good. <laughs> 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 what happens? Put the three of us on a desk. Of puns. 
That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, that's it. Those are the four shows. We, we did it. We, boop, boop, boop. We, should, we should stop now while we're behind. That's so right. <laughs> Captain Marvel came out and had way better jokes than us. <laughs> um, well, if any of us were Samuel L. Jackson, that would help. Uh, so I need to talk first about the fact... Okay. Captain Marvel made 154, I think was the time, final yeah. count, million dollars domestically. at the domestic box domestically, office yeah. and almost twice that abroad. And y'all, yeah, that that's real. That happened. That's pretty great. My girl Carol Danvers, yeah, 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 who ten years ago, like we've talked a lot about taking Iron Man, who was not necessarily an A-lister, even though he <laughs> no. had like a long Marvel history yeah, yeah, yeah. and like elevating him into the world consciousness. But like this has, what world yeah. is this? It's really interesting, especially because with Carol's history. At least with Iron Man's history from the beginning, from 1963, within the Marvel Universe, he was an A-lister. Mm-hmm. And within the, if you're a comic book reader and you read Marvel comics, within that world, the Avengers was the top of the food chain. And the X-Men were the kind of offshoot, offbeat characters. But right. mm-hmm. fans and movie fans and cartoon fans loved X-Men and Spider-Man and Hulk. And so the Avengers characters, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, never hit that, that level in the real world. But even in the comic book world, Carol was not an A-lister to begin with. Half of her right? stories are about like how yes. it's weird that she's not an A-lister. Yes, ha- that's what happened. And then, and then, like you were saying, I mean, in the past 10 years, Marvel Comics was like, actually, Carol is an A-lister. You can trace some of that to the fantastic House of M storyline mm-hmm. where everybody got to live their best life in this alternate reality, and Carol's was to just be the best superhero in New York City on the planet, like mm-hmm. the best and most beloved one. And since then... I think fans and also Marvel themselves like realized, yeah, let's do that. Why not? So the past 10 years have been this incredible comic book journey I mean, to get Carol to that place. Shout out to Kelly Sue DeConnick. Absolutely. Sort of was like, oh, you wanted Absolutely. a magic trick? And building yeah. on, like, if y'all, okay, the credits, I guess this, this isn't full spoilers, but like the credits in Captain Marvel, that special thanks. Yeah. Like when that comes home, freeze frame it and look up all those names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Conway, Carla Conway is in that special thanks. Wow. Who co-helped on the Ms. Marvel launch. Uh, Chris Claremont, obviously, huge part of Carol's yes. journey. Was Busiek in the special thanks? I can't I remember. I feel like he must have been. It was but so also, many, which was great. It was just so Kelly, many. Kelly Sue had a cameo in the film. She did. Which is amazing. So which is we, amazing. Is that a good... Yeah, let's go full spoilers. spoilers. That's, this is all the right. episode okay. four. We're waving our Okay, great. Uh, the movie came out this weekend. We hope you've all seen it. Uh, possibly more. Than it made 155 million dollars domestic. They've probably seen yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm actually really curious. Okay, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and especially like the second time through, a lot of the stuff that I had that was sort of like, I don't know if this joke is going to work for everyone. The second mm-hmm. time through, I was like, it's going to work for everyone. What <laughs> was I thinking? Because we talked about this. We saw it the second time with a like opening night audience. Yeah. And that made a huge difference because the first time I saw it was with that sort of like advanced screening critics, you yeah. know, not the whole theater is full kind of a thing where – it's tough to it's tough to gauge how like a regular audience will respond to it. Yeah. And to see it with an audience, it reminded me of the first time I saw Infinity War. It reminded me of that screening because I think you were there. I th- I don't know if you were there. This was at the El Cap. Yeah, I was there. That's you were there. We all walked out like we all walked out. <laughs> it was but that but that screening was Schnepp was there, and I think about it every time I watch one of these movies, and mm-hmm. it's it's so great to be here and be back and be be here, which is Schnepp's world. But um, but I but I think about that all the time, and to see it with the audience response for me, and I've seen a lot of this response to online. The second time smoothed things out, mm. yeah. made made like I was able to see how. Things that paid off at the end or things that they were building to, they were planting those seeds in the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. the biggest spoiler, oh, yeah, the scrolls really are not the bad guys. From the beginning, and to watch it a second time, you're like, dude, they're just trying to live. What like, an important <laughs> message. What a great yes, message. And the fact yes. that you even use the word refugee. Oh, the it's fact about refugees. They lean all the way in. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't sugarcoat it. They go, hey, we have a problem. Yes. We're judging people for how they look. Yes. In this case, they're just green with pointy ears. Yes. And I love that the movie didn't shy away from the fact that it was leaning into all of the things we need to talk about. Yeah. And it is well, so... And, un- and there's new ones there because Talos shows up and he's just like, hey, I've got blood on my hands too. This yeah. has not been a clean war. It's there's a no war. such thing. And yeah. that's so much more nuanced than most war stories ever get to be. And this is one about Captain Marvel and Skrulls. Like, nuance <laughs> in this platform is incredible. And I, I also agree with the second viewing situation. Uh, and, and once again, John it's, and I it's talked... It's weird that we... So, like, there are several of us who've had that experience now. Yeah. And it says something. I think, I think because... I cut you off. I just wanted to say, because I think the first time I saw it, 
I had issues with some of the pacing, some mm-hmm. of the timing, some of the editing, some of that sort of like, to me, it still feels as though, and I love the film, it still feels as though the movie does sort of come together in the edit yeah. versus a more, I'm trying to think of like the first Guardians of the Galaxy and kind of the second, like the event, the first Avengers, Joss Whedon's Avengers. Like it feels like every scene is essential. Yeah. It's from the script to the edit bay. Like it's all that sort of one thing, whereas Captain Marvel sort of came together in the edit. And when I watched it the second time, I was trying to pay attention to that stuff. And that's when I realized, I was like, okay, actually this stuff does work. I would have liked more of this. Maybe let the scene breathe a little bit, but it's efficient. We're in that two-hour mark. All that other stuff. All of that other stuff. So I feel like that's that's what I think we were picking up on. But that's what I like about the film as well. It's not a straightforward narrative. Mm-hmm. It's not an She's origin story. She's got like story. five primary relationships, and yes. I weirdly loved all of them. The way that yeah, the way that that movie distilled that information to us, I liked it because it was different from the rest of the MCU. And the second viewing situation, I think, is important, especially with movies this dense. Because this, uh, like Infinity War, we went and saw uh, John's birthday. We all went over there, yeah. and I thought it was going to be a thing where if it's a half full audience, you don't get the same impact but it was just re-watching it that was like two months into its run there was only half an audience it was IMAX but the impact was all still there and I think that Captain Marvel is going to have the same thing where no matter how many times you rewatch it mm-hmm. there is an impact to the story so just like Infinity War the density of comic knowledge the amount of exposition they have to get into your head mm-hmm. like the opening of this movie they're so deep cosmic I was like how is the everyday person going to feel yeah. about this movie being like by the way this isn't mm-hmm. your daddy's Marvel movie we're mm-hmm. all the way in now 20, it's a 21st so movie I'm curious about that and it was, yeah. it was such an interesting approach to take to be like, we're starting in space, we're starting on Hala, which, by the way, is itself a huge spoiler thing, but it's an interesting situation to see how this movie serves different audiences, because all of us came in knowing Carol's a fighter pilot, blah, 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 Kree powers, all this stuff that is revelations within the movie. And uh, they marketed it with some of that backstory stuff, Um, so they were willing to be like, you're already going to do that, but like for, I'm curious, like the casual observer meets Kree Star Force member Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel, or Veers, in the opening. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where we begin, and then everything else folds out around it, and I'm curious how it plays for folks, but and they, w- all the pieces are there. To me, this was the first time they, the, the, the telegraphing of uh, it's for spoilers, I was like, don't say it! The telegraphing of Jude Law is the bad guy yeah. drove me nuts in all the marketing, but it didn't bother me in the movie because I was so invested in the movie separately. Mm-hmm. For me, I was we, we had a Wednesday club where I was like, resting trader face! He has <laughs> resting trader face in every yes. trailer, and they keep shooting him like really aggressively, I'm like, he's the bad guy. But once <laughs> we're in the movie the opening scene was so strong i didn't remember my marketing feelings i remembered that i was in this universe so it was a really strong opening for me to be completely removed from all of my predisposed notions of jude law and then when it happened i was like well yeah and then the scrolls was like a double twist so i didn't mind at all because by the time it landed i still felt surprised especially as a comic fan we were so invested in secret invasion and what i love most is they kept mentioning how many different sects of scrolls there are Mm -hmm. so they can still do secret invasion absolutely this doesn't curb that absolutely but it was like a mandarin iron man 3 twist where it was like, hey, comic book bros and, and ladies, that, that you know everything? Like, shut up for a second. You don't. <laughs> We're going to give you something that you didn't see coming. You're going you're gonna to be surprised for once because every other movie-going audience member is surprised at the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah. And you're sitting there going like, okay, yes, Veers, I know mm-hmm. you're Carol. Uh, mm-hmm. get, hurry up mm-hmm. and remember. And it's like, well, t- let her take her time. She's figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the Scrolls thing was – it was beautiful, too, because some of my favorite scroll stories – I'm thinking of things like Annihilation, where we focused on the Super Scroll. He's a hero. Yeah. That character is heroic. And the Scrolls, just like the Kree, even though the Kree are typically the good guys in the Scroll Kree War, mm-hmm. the Kree are still full of huge dicks. And Look at Ronin, forget, man. Ronin is <laughs> like, the bad guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, so I like that they that, – that to me it showed that – uh, where Carol came from, and hopefully we get to see more variation with like Cree later. Mm-hmm. But it pretty much nailed the Cree. What I like is that it planted the seeds for how the Scroll race can also be very varied, and that they're the underdog right now. And that if we ever get to a point, or in 1995 they are. Who knows? 1995 they are. They are. The, the Maybe that's why Carol's been gone for 20 years and hasn't come back is because of whatever. Like they get to a planet and then they have to fight, and then they find more Scrolls, and then they get to a planet and they have to you know fight defenders or whatever, defend the planet. I'm just excited about all that stuff, but back to like where the scrolls are were versus where they can be at some point. I'm calling it right now, at some point in a future Marvel movie, I don't think it's going to be as early as Endgame, or probably not Spider-Man, although Nick Fury there is making me go like, well, it's happening there, yeah. but there will be a post-credit scene where a character will die, and then we'll come back to that body, and it'll revert into a scroll. Oh, yeah. And they'll be setting up Secret Invasion, and it'll just make you think about, wait, and nothing of the MCU is what you think it is, uh, uh, like kind of a possibility. Which and they is can do that they with. Can do it. 
with the world Captain Marvel 2, they can do a Kree Scroll War and it won't feel like they have to tie it into Marvel. And I really like yeah. that we're building these two universes where Spider Man is as small as anything and Cosmic yes. is as big as anything. And we can start to divide so everything isn't a team up movie, but then Secret Invasion can be a team up movie again. I love, Absolutely. I mean, Kevin Feige is this maestro of just organizing, mm-hmm. but you can see these seeds planted. This almost feels like a new Avengers where it kind of opens up this platform for different directions you yes. can take things. And so, so I want to get into all the future possibilities because they are many. Uh, but the. Uh, Monica. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, okay, uh, we're in spoilers, so full on. Two things that we need to talk about uh, for for the movie. Uh, one is, and I we had sort of, I feel like all collectively decided to not bring this up because we were excited about whatever it was. But uh, we're in full spoilers mode. This is your last chance. Get off board. Uh, as comic book fans, scrolls being big guys, good guys is a huge thing. Yeah. But the way bigger one is, they hid Annette Benning from us. Yes. For a reason. Mm. Yeah. Because as it turns out, she mm. is playing one of the Marvel. most iconic Marvel characters. Eh, I don't know about iconic, Amy. Look, eh. Death of Captain Marvel was the first graphic novel, like in Marvel's attempt to redefine itself. That's true. Like, it's, and it was an allegory for AIDS and 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 that epidemic. And there's there's so much great stuff about the male Captain Marvel and Marvel. Here's what but, I love. But I just am so sick okay. of of internet bros telling me that that's what should have happened first. Because I'm like, really, you didn't, you weren't complaining when Ryan Reynolds was playing Hal and not Alan Scott. Shut up about. <laughs> Comics continuity. Yes. You don't actually care. You only care about it when it fits a certain narrative. Like, also, yeah. they didn't care about it when they announced the Carol movie years ago, Like, which yeah. is the time when yes. all of the real Marvel stands I know, and I know them, yeah. they made their peace with it long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they understand Look, how things Ted went. Cord. I love Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. But at this point, if I don't acknowledge that Ted Cord's permanent death like pretty permanent death in in pre new 52 comic books that led into uh Jaime Reyes becoming Blue Beetle and what that character did with it then I'm being obtuse I'm being like I'm not acknowledging that that's also an important it might not be Uncle Ben important comic book death but it's important so now, uh yeah Marvel great character but man Annette Benning was awesome can it I get, in this narrative yeah can yes. I go into like the things that I specifically the the thing that I will grant you is that uh like we know, and I'm, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here, mm-hmm. uh, because if you really love old school Marvel, yeah. yeah, you have been sad that you're not going to get him running around having cosmic awareness, all this sure. stuff. Like, but you've been sad about that for a while because you've kind of always known that that yes. was probably not happening. Um, and so the, there is an element where I get why uh, surprise gender swap might mm-hmm. hit you kind of hard for mm-hmm. a sec. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Okay. I feel like... Over time, yeah. the fans, like, we are fully capable of rolling with that stuff. Sure. Um, I, I have basically no sympathy for people who are mad about Black Heimdall because he's a wonderful version of Heimdall. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think that all of the folks, like, like I basically am saying, like, you're not going to hell if you for a second were like, oh, right. Except the thing is, if you think about it, you just got the thing you already assumed wasn't happening. There is True. a canon Kree soldier Marvel. who went to Earth, yes. mm-hmm. looked around, reevaluated their morality, mm-hmm. and changed sides. And that she was played by Marvel's Annette Benning. Story, <laughs> yes. Played yes. amazingly by Annette Benning. <laughs> yes. And they honored that story by essentially giving Carol that story. Correct. She is sent to Earth, looks around, judges for herself, yeah. and switches sides. And, so it's and like, they didn't do the, the, it's amazing. They didn't do the current comic book thing where I think Carol was revealed to be half Cree anyway. I, yeah. Which I'm a little unclear on that continuity, which is fine, but they still stuck to that really silly, goofy 70s origin where it's like Marvel had a machine that exploded and then Carol was caught in the blast. I got like, real got emotional. Blood. So it ties it all in. And then I she got, got real, all the origins. That's real true. emotional when I was like, they're really doing they're the really machine. Doing it. They and did they it. did the visual 70s style. They yes. tied in Marvel, and then the Kree yes. blood made me really happy when, when evil yeah. Jude Law was like, it's my blood. And I was like, so evil. And remember, that kind of nefariousness doesn't usually land, but that yes. really landed for me. And but just he's like, also just doing his job. He's right, a Kree soldier. Right. Gathering for the true. good of all Kree. Like, but he's a real dick. And I love him. <laughs> but just like other great things about the MCU, it, when it feels like they have something that they've taketh away, they will still provide. Mm-hmm. They did a Marvel one-shot that let everybody know, okay, calm down about Ben Kingsley. We had fun with that. But if we wanted to, here's a real Mandarin somewhere, and we could do that later if we yeah. wanted. Oh, I love Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. We'll never see her again because it was a period piece film. They gave her two seasons of a show, and they continued to bring that character back. Right. We might see Annette Benning either as yeah. Marvel or as the Supreme Intelligence. Again, in a Captain Marvel 2, we have that now. They have that de-aging technology where it's like, if they wanted, this is never going to happen. If they wanted, they could have done a 
uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer, Ant-Man and Wasp, period piece, and, yeah. like, have them effectively de-aged in play. Like, they could do that. Could they do it as a one-shot? Could they do it as a special on Disney Plus? Could they do it as a special feature on a Blu-ray, which they never do anymore because Blu-rays are d- dying and dead. And no tangible media. Buy Blu-rays. Very important. I agree. Buy digital <laughs> media. But there's all these, like, possibilities, and there's all these options. And like you were saying, Amy, the fact that they even have a Marvel mm-hmm. who, like, disguise themselves as Dr. Lawson yes. and, 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 you know, was able to, like, ra- rise in the ranks of, like, government agencies. And that was for us. That was agencies. for nobody it, it was. It was. And so, Annette Benning, And it was wonderful. Yeah, I got to talk about a couple of very important things yes. to me while we're still on this. And last week, it was so hard to keep this down because everyone that watches this show probably knows my Kevin Smith Mallrats obsession. And yeah. I got to say, yeah. like for years, I've said Mallrats is the first MCU film because Stan Lee's <laughs> in it. He has a cameo. 1995 kicked off the MCU in my yeah. heart. Yeah. And that was the first movie that I realized that nerds could rule the world. That when I was seven years old, I yeah. sat down, I watched Mallrats and I was like, this movie was made for me by people like me. It was the first time that I was like, I felt well because 1995 is not a time to wear a Spider-Man shirt in public as a seven-year-old. You wore that shit under a button-up. So, 1995, that changed everything. So to see a cameo with Stan Lee reciting his lines, and they apparently they changed the tone a little after Stan passed. They made it more of a um, like an acknowledgement of like, that's beautiful, instead of like a joke, which I also love that tone shift. But the Mallrats moment, how much that meant to Kevin Smith, how much that meant to fans of Mallrats, how much that meant to Stan, how much that cameo tied everything together. What a beautiful way to not have a hackneyed 1990s nod, but uh, like a 1990s nod that really sets a tone and now Maretz is part of the MCU like uh, kind of kind of I'm, the I'm existence like, of the movie is What's that? The existence. It totally of- is. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. MCU. Listen, a movie called Mallrats is in the MCU. With Stanley in it. With not, him yes, saying that line. But with, with him saying that line, written by Kevin Smith because his name was on the script, I guess. But I just, I hate to burst everybody's bubble. This is so funny to me. But like, I have, I have done this, this, this like rabbit hole dive into like, wait, all of the references in the MCU to movies and music and like what's real, what happened and what hasn't. Because... As we know, Peter Parker references that really old movie Empire Strikes Back right. and sure. Aliens, right? So it's like it's fair to say that at least Empire happened, probably A New Hope, probably Return of the Jedi, right? Did the prequels happen? Who played Mace Windu? Was it actor Samuel L. Jackson who looks Pulp Fiction exactly is in this movie. like? I mean, kind of. Pulp Fiction's like, in Captain Marvel by the reference of the scroll set. That's true, but and that's there's a, the, the but gravestone. That's a, that's a reference. Wait, what's the gravestone? The gravestone in Winter Soldier has Ezekiel blah blah that's blah. That's true. That's right. true. The but righteous those are, man. Those are references. That's not canon. <laughs> and a lot of this move, a lot of the music in this film is diegetic. So it's like Carol is hearing the the music versus like so Waterfalls is canon. Yes. So like TLC exists, and we at least we at least know that they have a song called Waterfalls. We don't know if. We don't know if the rest of that album this is exists. This what What If is for. Do you know this what I mean? This is what the this is what you sweaty this conversation just yes, got? I just want to my, acknowledge the fact that like, what dimension thing. does this exist in? So, right, so we, we can take certain things. We can we can infer certain things. Sure. With TLC, we can infer that, that that's the same members of that band, that they still had the same lives Beyonce's up to that Beyonce's and Doctor Strange? He mentions Beyonce. Right. So, yes, like, Beyonce the artist can. Beyonce is a real person in, in <laughs> Doctor Strange. But it's like, did she have the same exact career? Well, I'm sure at some point she was in a movie <laughs> with an actor in the MCU, so no. Again, going back to Star Wars, it's like, who played Padme? Padme. Was it actress Natalie Portman? Jane was Foster. also Jane Foster? Like, you have to think. It's like, well, wait a minute. Does that mean that they don't have the sequel series okay, of Star Wars? I do want to rabbit that... hole on this for the rest of yes. our lives. But, but Spider-Man Homecoming, he, to... he plays the grandson of himself because his grandfather <laughs> went to war awesome. with Captain America. Which is, so that's everything's all, possible. That's all within the universe. That's all... Con- that's all... That makes sense. That yeah. all makes sense. That's all button up. We got to rapid fire. <laughs> yes. Some more thoughts on the movie. Okay, just general filmmaking stuff. Yes. And, and like General filmmaking stuff. Here's what I was going to say. Maybe Mallrats, instead of full of Marvel references... <laughs> Maybe it's full of, like, DC Comics references. Ooh, I love and that. then it made me start to think, maybe Stanley in the MCU was not Stanley who revolutionized Silver Age comics for Marvel, but rather, like, just worked at DC. Maybe he did what he did for Marvel for, like, the, the, the other major comic book company because Marvel doesn't exist in the MCU, Marvel Comics. So maybe he's, like, maybe he's, like, redefining the relationships between the Justice League at DC Comics. Or he's Watu and he's reporting <laughs> on all the things he's watched over on and, therefore, the things Dick does get mentioned in Mallrats because he's reported on it in real life because he sees all, which is a terrifying what? This is not in the MCU yet. Yes, but I, I if, guess he is now. If there's, multiple, if there's multiple dimensions, then okay, he can theoretically true. watch all dimensions and report on to that dimension. So then you're telling Soundtrack. me that two that, thumbs up. That, that, <laughs> yes, I downloaded it. You're telling me that in 1995. 
a movie came out that had references to like Spider-Man and the Thing to characters that were not going to be real they until were later. Fictionalized. And they were, then in reality, they can't yet. No, that, that doesn't work. No, You're right. that does He's not right. work. He's right. He's yeah. right. Um, All right, I, it's okay. Except for some version of the movie that's very close to it exists, though. We'll figure it out. We will. Like, <laughs> tweet us if we need to do a full-length Heroes episode just about what Mallrats looks like in 1990. Sound- soundtrack's great. Score is fantastic. Score the is first fantastic. female composer of the MCU. Who, by the um, way, so many records got just casually shattered this week. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Female director records yes. because Anna Bowden, half of the directing team with Ryan Fleck, mm-hmm. uh, just the escalated o- up weekend. a ton of charts mm-hmm. uh, because it turns out when you give people opportunities, good things happen. Mm-hmm. I know this is crazy. <laughs> I want to zoom out to sixth best opening of all time. What? what? Sixth of all time. According to Variety, sixth best of all time. So we can like zoom worldwide, out. Worldwide, is that the. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but so we can zoom out past all the little records yeah, and just yeah, yeah. look at films. Sixth yeah. best of all time, according to Variety. I just, that's, that's, that's the mic drop of that's, records. That's the power of the brand. That's the power of, it was so smart for that's them to. That's a huge to, part of it, yeah. It's a huge part of it that they have a character named Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. People know what franchise that movie is a part of. Yeah. Not that they didn't know what Black Panther was or Spider-Man Homecoming or Thor Ragnarok, but like, it's just, that's fantastic. When are they going to use the name Captain Marvel? Uh, oh, I think that uh, I think Fury has already codenamed her that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it'll come up in uh, she, when she shows back up on Earth. If she there'll isn't, be a file that's like yes, Marvel, love it. And, and also she, the scene of them washing dishes, I think, is is, is yeah. the nod we needed yes. in this film. Yeah. And therefore, when we go to Endgame, it'll feel less like contrived. Okay, yeah, yeah. Brie Larson herself. Yeah, two thumbs up from me. I dug her performance, man. I really did. And I think there's a lot of interesting conversations happening with her being miscast that I'm seeing on the internet. That I think happens to, to I think it happens to to tie into what people's expectations of of heroes are mm. and that because not only does, is she very feminine but also she's she's also very very uh not stereotypically feminine she's obviously like a an incredibly like forward moving character and she has all this agency and everything but even just the fact that brie has like a lighter voice when i think about people complaining online like well i didn't have a problem with gal gadot even gal has a huskier sounding what i think is typical to like what we expect a female action hero to sound like mm, like a Sigourney Weaver or Linda Hamilton people expect yeah. there so, is part of the point point. and I think that Bree's character in this is so interesting because she's veers and she is badass and tough and subtle and reserved funny. and funny and sarcastic and then we see compassion and then we see you know when she says my name is Carol like I I dug her performance I think she's fantastic for me I think we're associating her performance on the trailers we lived with for six months more than the right? movie because for wish me I hadn't watched the trailer. because for me her performance in the trailers is so out of context and so removed from how good she was in the movie right. that I felt like it was a different character and a different actress playing that character. When I look back in the trailers... is that because we let people get in our heads because we've been letting fools absolutely. run us around for like a year? Because we literally have to live on the internet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think there's six months of living with a character and then the two hours you live with her in the feature and that's why the second viewing felt so different for me is yeah. I love Brie Larson in the film but out of context some of those clips they use in the trailers I wish I hadn't seen because mm. in the movie her charm, her charisma, all of that comes out to play and they didn't necessarily in the out of context cut. So Brie Larson in the Captain Marvel two-hour experience, mm-hmm. I liked. Mm-hmm. In the trailers, I don't like as much. So I, mm-hmm. I think people have you are rewatched the trailers post movie? A couple, and they nice. and they feel very like that's not the movie I saw. And and I think maybe people are are attached to that, and therefore yeah. getting aggressive in the internet. It, it's also, a it's a conversation to, piece. Some of those people it, it, don't have good faith in this it, conversation, as right. we previously it's discussed. It's a tough movie to trailerize, right? And I I'm glad that that ended up being the case because that's what I was hoping. That I was like, this if this trailer's not setting the world on fire, I'm like, I think it's because the narrative jumps around. I think you need the context. I think it's tough to take all of that and put it in two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. two minutes and twenty seconds. And I think that's kind of still the case. Like I think it's easier to trailerize other Marvel movies, uh, you know, which just moments and fun and bombastic and whatever. You're, this is an origin, so you have to do yeah. so much. And whereas in-game, you're like, here's a flash of these characters you love. Don't say anything. Yep, yep, and that's yep. a yeah. very different experience. Yep. So, supporting cast. Uh, to, for my head, every person was a standout, which is impossible, but I don't even know. Like, we've had so, like, Samuel Jackson was a standout. Yeah. Uh, Lashana Lynch as yes. Maria Rambo. Look, y'all, why the last man? She is playing Agent 355. <gasps> what? Her yeah, now. dude. She's gonna be huge. She's so good. Oh, wow. It's, big, it, like, big, big breakout role for her. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, uh, made me cry. Uh, Monica's world... the future, yes. obviously. Yeah. They have she, to make good on that because they fantastic. promised the heck out of it in this movie. Can we acknowledge that the world now knows how good Ben Mendelsohn is? Dude. He was amazing. Ben Mendelsohn. We, we've been known. For, yeah, we've been known. Like, the film community <laughs> you, knows Ira Ben Mendelsohn. Mississippi Grind, I'm so glad these directors yeah. brought him over because Mississippi yeah, yeah, Grind yeah. is underappreciated. Ben Mendelsohn has been underappreciated. Ben Mendelsohn has been town so long, in town so long, he was friends with Heath Ledger. Like, Ben wow. Mendelsohn is, is an awful 
weird time frame. I mean, yeah. it's, we yeah. lost Heath yeah. like 10 years yeah. ago, but like, so it's a beautiful He's got a, thing. A, that this a, all... a 20-year overnight success. Like, that's how yeah. people need to look at these things. People are like, oh, overnight this guy appeared. No, no, he's been in the game for so long. Australian mm-hmm. treasure, Ben Mendelsohn. I love this man. And he's the whole the movie was just him like strutting. All I right. love that it was just a powerhouse. Final thoughts, because we went way out of control on this. 25 minutes on one topic. <laughs> Woo! It's a spoiler Green light the spoiler specials. Uh, Bring back Mallrats. I really love this movie. This is not my favorite Marvel movie. That's okay. Carol is not my favorite Marvel character. That's okay. But I'm so happy that she's a part of the MCU, and I think that they have done such an excellent job that, like many other entries in the MCU, I cannot wait for a sequel that I'm kind of hoping I'm probably going to love even more than this one. Do you know what I mean? But nice. I thought that they, I thought that they knocked it out of the park. I'm so happy that they went the way that they did. Great film. Final thoughts. Two of the movies I see as mid-level Marvel films, which is a hell of a compliment because even the lowest Marvel films for me are like C's, so mid-levels like BB+. Plus. Mm-hmm. This fits in that range for mm-hmm. me only because Winter Soldier is an A, Guardians is an A. Like, it's not an insult to this film. For me, this is right in the middle of the strata of the 21, but much like another movie in that strata, uh, Doctor Strange, this yeah. and Doctor Strange have similar hiccups that I think will be solved as they go forward. I think that I like Doctor Strange in Infinity War more than I liked him in his own movie. Yeah. I think Carol, I look forward to seeing her grow into Carol in 2 or Carol in Endgame, and that is not a strike on this film itself. It's just an awareness of I need four hours. So I really enjoyed this film. I'm just very aware that I want more and that's a great problem to have. Yeah, and y'all will be getting more thoughts from me on this movie for the rest of our natural <laughs> lives uh, because I like I just, the, 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 the damn flood of relief that they did this, that they pulled it off, that y'all showed up for this movie. Yeah. I know I should have had conf- I know I should have believed in you. Mm. I know she had Marvel behind her, but like, look I've been burned too many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Only and 31% of people were interested, though, so that's totally... <laughs> I mean, um, let's, whatever. Those people have become irrelevant, and I love that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to some more movies that we hope will be lighting up the screen. Speaking of Captain Marvel's... Captain's Marvel. Uh, I gotta say, the social media reactions to a movie we cannot yet talk about in length because it doesn't come out. But someone here has seen. But perhaps a social media reaction that might interest you is that uh, hashtag Shazam is magnificent. It's like Goonies meets the Page Master meets Big. The comedy is nonstop. I cannot wait for round two so I can hear the jokes I laughed over. The action is enormous. It's perfectly cast and brilliantly executed. DC has an enormous hit on their hands. Some very brilliant, very handsome man said that on the internet. So I think we should really listen to him. What's that? It's uh, (laughs) a. well-known troll at Koi Jandro. Very well-known troll. Wow. Just, this movie I'm very excited to talk about. Can't yet, but I can say the social media reactions were largely how I felt. Uh, the movie is going to... I can't talk about it, but Shazam, read on the internet. I'm going to take over. Shazam. Okay. Lots of people, including someone named Koi Jandro, <laughs> seem to have uh, seen this movie and yeah. enjoyed it very much. I, who have not seen the movie, am not breaking any agreements with anyone by saying Thanks. I'm really excited to read all of this excitement for Shazam. Same. Uh, it seems to be focusing on uh, Zachary Levi being like role of role he was born to play apparently cool uh, very fun a little bit scary which I'm excited about they, the the director had talked about doing kind of a monster movie with yeah. the uh, the various the sins that well, we yeah, may he, or may not he, encounter he, in this film he fights the monster society of evil that makes sense sins are scary magic can be real scary <laughs> yeah um, so lots of people confirming the big vibe which sounds great great um, yeah fun funny uh, some folks even saying like among their faves from DC which is awesome because yeah. lest we forget DC doesn't have a five year history it doesn't have a ten year history it has decades of history yeah. um, and uh, excited to add this one to that I can say I, I felt all five of the Warner Brothers ghosts staring down at me when I wasn't talking about this movie. So I'm very aware of like not being able to. I was like, oh, God. Yakko, Wacko, and their sister Dot? All Amazing. Yeah. Very aware. Amazing. Uh, the movie, prepare yourselves. That's all I can say. Okay. I, I'm so excited. I'm I've, been, so excited. I've been reading a bunch of uh, Shazam comics. So I've been doing prep for this, uh, like getting myself excited. Read and to, Golden and Age Shazam, y'all. It turns out it's so delightful. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mind is it's, the best. It's all just super creative, and it's and it's a great. It, it, from from what I, I haven't uh, dived too much into the Golden Age stuff, but it's like I just read the Jeff Smith, who is the creator of Bone, yeah. Shazam book, uh, Shazam versus the Monster Society of Evil, mm-hmm. and it's like so childlike with 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 childlike imagination that I'm like, oh yeah, comic books. That's what they <laughs> are born from. This is so cool. So I cannot wait to see it. Thank you for saving me from having like I was yeah. like, how no, do I I'm not talk help. about a thing? My brain is just <laughs> rattling things I can't wait to discuss. Uh, we are all very excited to get to to comment more on this, to see how the movie comes out, to share the joy with all of you. Uh, but speaking of joy, who got to talk to some really delightful actor from Supergirl? McCod Brooks, ladies and gentlemen, just is the coolest dude 
interviewed uh, myself and Dorian sat down with James Olsen himself and check it out right here. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Clutter Heroes is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or jump into Doom Patrol, DC's most beloved team of super freaky superheroes featuring an incredible cast of Jordan Wade, Diane Guerrero, April Bowlby, Alan Tudyk, Matt Bomer, and Brendan Fraser with new episodes dropping weekly. Or get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman's Secret Origin, Batman's 2011 run, and Harley Quinn from 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love, like Batman, Batman Returns, and the original Superman movie. If animated films are more your speed, join now, because the new Justice League vs. The Fatal Five is coming soon. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices, so if you were thinking about it before, now is definitely the time. Join and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. You're on the fun side of the table. <laughs> so we're here with McCod Brooks, who plays James Olsen on Supergirl, and he has found out the glory of the Clatter Heroes table. How you doing, That's man? Right. Uh, How you doing? <laughs> I am great. That's the sweet spot, literally. You found it. <laughs> yeah. So we just found out that you guys, like Austin, you guys are from the same hood, which is crazy. So Dorian's yeah. joining me today yes. because the man loves Supergirl. We got a lot to talk about. My guy. I, I got to start with Supergirl's. Jimmy slash James Olsen is about as different as I think a Jimmy James Olsen could be. You look more like Jimmy That's Olsen. what I'm saying. Like, when I think of Jimmy Olsen, I'm like, squirrely little nerdy guy. Oh, wait. Well, you're not squirrely nerdy guy. I don't know you like that. You don't seem squirrely enough. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. But Jimmy Olsen's you, you, you more, more my vibe. You do seem nerdy. Yeah, I mean, I'm on a Collider Hero show yeah, talking yeah, comics. Yeah. I just, I find the gym important, too. But, I, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean that is a compliment. I appreciate it. Nerds rule, rule the world. I mean, we're winning these billion dollar franchises. We winning, bro. Aquaman <laughs> did okay. You may have noticed. Did it? I mean, you know, that B Aquaman? Who's in? Who is, he rides a seahorse. That? That? He's he got all that money. A seahorse. <laughs> so playing Ooh. Jimmy when you first got it and you realized you were able to shape him into James Olsen. Right. What was that like developing a character so different from the source until making it yours? That's a great question. Um, at first it was difficult. Because, like, you, you, you know, when you're playing a character that's, that's canonized, right, you're, you're sort of... There's a lot of pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. And then what I kind of, what I come to I came to find out was that most of the pressure that was was on me as this character was me putting it on myself. It, it wasn't like DC Comics was putting it on me, or Warner Brothers was putting it on me, or Berlanti was. I would go to to the showrunner at the time and say like, "Okay, so who who is James Olsen?" And she would be like, "You." Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cute. But <laughs> but how do, like how do you like? He's been around since 1940. What are we like? What are we doing with him? Because obviously we're not sticking to, you know, the canon of it. So right. what are we doing? Like how do, how do I, you know? Because I'm nothing like that. Yeah. Motherfucker at all. Like, <laughs> nothing like James Olsen at all. Like, not, like we have nothing in common. And they were just like he's you. And it was kind of like that wasn't true either because I couldn't be myself. Self. Right. Right. Like because I'm not. My my personality is not right for that role, 
So as an actor, what you do is you have to you have to figure that out, mm-hmm. and you're playing characters. Like so, this this is a character for me, even though it seems like I'm just sort of he's a, he's very much a character for me. So it's almost like the pressure comes in like when you start thinking about how's the fandom going to react, like how is how are the people who've been with this character for 75 years before I got into the role yeah. going to react? And eventually, you kind of just have to say. Sorry, <laughs> he's gonna be who I make him. Right. You know, like I, I can't. I, you can't please everybody. And the, the show writer did a really clever thing where they referenced uh, Smallville. So Smallville season six, they introduced Jimmy Olsen, and he tries to be all braggadocious. He's like, "No, no, it's James Olsen," and everyone's like, "No, it's not." And you had the same line, but in the opposite way. So you settled into James Olsen, yeah, and I don't yeah. know how intentional that was, but it felt like a really clever nod. Yeah, to like, yeah, this yeah. isn't your dad's Jimmy Olsen. Right. When yeah, you took over definitely. joining this this Berlanti verse, right. was there pressure about the fact that? There have been Jimmy Olsen's in the past. You were you were playing a role that other actors had put their stamp on. I think I think that whenever you take on a role that other actors have also portrayed, there's, there's going to be opinions. Yeah, there's always going to be opinions, right? There's, there's, everybody has an opinion about everything, right? <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, the internet. Yeah, the internet. The <laughs> internet. The internet gave people a place to put opinions, right? That's yeah. that's kind of what what we do with it. Um, it's one of the things we do with it. But I got to the point where. A long time ago, before this role, I stopped reading people's opinions. Mm. One, like the compliments that you receive, they're, they're, they're great. They're fantastic and they're wonderful and, and, and thank you. But I thought that was a shitty scene. <laughs> or I thought I did a pretty shitty job. Or like I, I was tired that day. Or they cut that together in a way I didn't think that was great. And you loved it. Or I killed that. <laughs> and I know I did and thank you. Or I killed that and you think I suck. So it's like if I believe the compliment, mm-hmm. I gotta believe your critique. So I don't, I don't really pay attention to either one. I just know if I feel good about what I did. That's you know, smart way to live. Yeah, and, that, and that's 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 gratifying as an artist because otherwise you're just kind of like. I, I was one of the people. Like I dated a girl one time, an actress who was like who had a Google alert on herself, right? <laughs> and I was like, how? What? Why would you do that? And she's like, well, because I want to get out in front of it, and people are saying this and saying that. I was like. So I tried it for like a month, and I was like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. See no, everything. No, 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 no. Die, motherfucker! I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, why does this sound like a clan rally? What'd I do? Like, what'd I do? I just, I just said hello. I'm just breathing. Yeah, it's a different way to live. That's not the move. No, I'm good, bro. Like, so it's, it's almost like I think if, if, if people are going to critique you um, constructively, then they're called a critic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what critics do. That's, there's, a, there's a job for that. There's a whole <laughs> whole career path. Yeah, for that, right. And there's some vetting. Right, right, right. <laughs> like they know what the, they know what the fuck they're talking about because they've been doing it for a long time. Somebody who's 13, and, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, okay, you mad at a lot of shit in the yeah. world, and now you're doing it on there. They so. got that Homer emoji. Yeah, you're like, yeah. like, I'm sorry, your mom yelled at you, <laughs> but it's got nothing to do with the scene. Yeah. Now, Guardian's a different piece of the world, and my boy here is a giant Guardian fan. Yeah, so, really? yeah, so what, when they sat so you, you down... you like eight people. No, no. no. <laughs> when, they, when they sat you down and told you, like, you were going to take on the role of the Guardian, what was that like in actually putting on the suit for the first time? The, the, the upgrade uh, suit, or just the suit so in general? That's, that's a two-pronged question. So one was, when they first told me, yeah. my reaction was probably the same as one of y'all. Like, I'm, like so I'm a nerd. Like, I'm straight, I'm straight nerd. So when they told me, I already knew who Guardian was. And I was just like... Ah! <laughs> kind of like that, basically. Kind of like that. And I was in, inside. Outside, I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Yeah, you want... I'm a, excuse me, I'm going to get a coffee. <laughs> like, it was... It was uh, I was in a break room, and I was getting a coffee. And uh, at the time, Andrew Kreisberg was on the show, and he said he couldn't keep a secret. So he was just... I was just like, and I was like almost crying and shit. It was, it was crazy. Like that's, I'd always wanted to play a superhero. I was the kid jumping off of the couch with the, with the towel, you know, safety <laughs> pin to his neck, you know what I'm saying? Like almost breaking my arm and shit. Like that was me. So when I got that, when I got that, I was just like, this is crazy. I got the, got the news. I already had the role, but like, it was crazy. I was like, I get to be my own version of Batman kind of, cause like he doesn't have superpowers, but he has, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, gadgets and, and, and know-how. Yeah. And kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was I was really happy about that. Putting on the suit for the first time, that shit hurt. I bet. Because <laughs> we had we had about six or seven fittings, which were great. 
but in a fitting, you're just standing there, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you're moving a little bit, you're walking a little bit, you're kind of moving your arms. And you're not running. You're not jumping. You're not dodging stuff. You're not dodging tennis balls and green screens. Like, you're not doing all that kind of stuff. The first day I did that, for, let's just put it this way. There's been six different versions of the suit. The first couple had a onesie with the strap here. Try running. Mm-mm. Moose knuckle like a mother. Oh. Like, my shit looked like something about Mary. Just a nut hanging <laughs> the out. The cold of Vancouver just like, like. Man, <laughs> forget about it. So we had to do a bunch of other suits and, and until we got it right. And like, I, was, I was like, look, I can't. Next time I do a fitting, can I run? Yeah, now <laughs> you know to test can that I out. And jog in place. Let's in do a fitting in the gym. <laughs> yeah, so. Let's do a lap. I'll come yeah, back to you. Absolutely. <laughs> so the show's evolved a lot over the five years. It's even changed networks. I went from like CBS to CW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that craziness. Yeah. But the show's also grown as the show should over the course of five years. Mm-hmm. How have you approached Jimmy Olsen, James Olsen, differently from season one to season five? How do you feel about the difference? Well, I mean, we have a lot, we have a lot more freedom as actors. Uh, any actor has more freedom on a show that lasts longer, yeah. right? There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, especially year one, you know, um, especially with a show like this where you have licensing, cross-licensing and, and cross-pollination with the comic books and studios and networks yeah. and they're all different bosses and everybody has to check off on something. And then um, it, it's it's almost like the first season we, we were just kind of like, Am I doing this right? <laughs> yeah. and, like, and every now and then you get a pat on the back. You're like, okay, great. I think I am. This is like, James. So Wilson. I didn't get fired this week. So maybe I get fired next week. I don't know. Like, so like that's that's we really felt like that. All of us felt like are we all is it is your job safe? Like, because it was like we didn't really know what we we're doing. And season one, you weren't part of the CW. You were on a different network too, which right, makes right. that even more. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like it was kind. Of, it was it was uh, there was a there was a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. I think coming from. Um, it wasn't the actors. It was coming from uh, 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 somewhere else. And, uh, you know, I, I'll say it. It was coming from a place where somebody who's now gone mm-hmm. was, was making that a pressure-filled situation, right? And that was tough. That was really tough because we really couldn't find a character. You couldn't find, you couldn't establish your character. And then by the time we got to season two, the unestablished character was established. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So you're just like, I got to keep going with this? Like, <laughs> this is where we landed. Like, this is I, the base. But I'm funnier than this. I, I can't be funny? What do you mean? So it was like, it, 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 it was tough at first. Mm-hmm. And now we have a lot more uh, a lot more freedom. And it's been good. And I, I'll say this, that James and I have been, with the new writers that we have, the new showrunners that we have, Jessica Queller and Robert Rovner, who are amazing, absolutely amazing people and writers and, and just thoughtful uh, thoughtful people with very little ego mm-hmm. we're able to interject who we are as people right more into, into, into as, it, as it suits the character right sure. so James and I have been in this kind of arms race of, of consciousness in a way where like where the more conscious he gets and the, and the, and the more dope he's you know uh, more social justice warrior he's becoming like it, it informs my decisions in my life yeah and vice versa so, like, playing him has made me a better person. And him, uh, I think it's, I think me becoming a better person has made him a better character. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, on International Women's Day, <laughs> um, that this show is the first time I realized I was sexist. And you guys are, too. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. And I don't, I, don't mean that, I don't mean that as an attack. I mean that as every single man who was brought up in a patriarchal society, if they have not questioned... The agreements that they participate in on a daily basis, you're fucking sexist. Period. If you think it's okay that your little cousin and your sister can't play the same sports that you play that are sent, that, that are paid for by tax dollars, sexist. And we're seeing all this Captain Marvel stuff come out. We're seeing it get light on it. And then, and, but what a great art imitating life, imitating art. You get to you know reflect yeah. on a character, reflect back to Absolutely. you, and that's, that's beautiful. And that's, that's the greatest gift the show gave me was it's like. Fuck. <laughs> Male privilege is a real thing. Like, I, I, I'm a black dude, so I'm like, yeah, I don't have privilege. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah, I do. I have some male privilege. I don't have, I don't have racial privilege at all. But I do have male privilege, and, and there is something to be said about that. And that I didn't realize that until I, I was surrounded by so many powerful women and, and, and pushing uh, female empowerment storylines. And I hate the word female empowerment because it's like, if you just get the fuck out of their way, they're empowered. 
Stop hating on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, stop, stop paying them less. Like, just, just it's be just fair. Right there. Yeah. Just, just right be there. fair. It's just, it's you don't have to empower, you don't, you don't have to empower it's them. It's not a complicated yeah, problem. They're, they're already powerful. You don't have to empower them. Yeah. Just get the fuck out the way, <laughs> and everything's fine. So, And then there's some systemic issues we have to fix, obviously. But it, it, this show has really made me realize that we have to look inside ourselves. I know it sounds corny, whatever. But we, as men, we have to look inside of ourselves and say, what am I doing to participate in this charade of value? What am I doing that, that, that perpetuates that idea on a daily basis? I love you got that. Like, yeah, it's like, a beautiful yeah. thing to get out of the room. Yeah, honestly, it's amazing, truly. And so do you, oh, no, no, so do you have, besides Supergirl, do you have any other current projects that you're working on? Yeah, uh, I have a movie. Can, can I talk about that? <laughs> okay. Uh, I got a movie. You're seeing TV magic first. I got a movie. Force wall break. It's not, well, this is my publicist. (laughs) And she was like, (laughs) like, you stupid motherfucker. (laughs) Um, I I have a movie coming out. It's a movie. All right. (laughs) It's coming out. Got the snipers on. You can't say nothing. I I understand. I understand. It's a movie that's coming out. Uh, I have I put out my first album in July. Um, I have a new song, a new single called Oceans. That's actually about female empowerment. <laughs> Funny enough, it comes out a week from today, March 15th. It's dope. Um, it's great producers on it. Great song. I sound amazing. It's fucking great. It's a great song. Uh, and I'm and I'm writing a book. Dude, yeah, multi-pronged. That's pretty much everything. I'm, I'm a busy guy. Movie, music, book covers I'm, I'm a lot of bases. Busy guy. The book's gonna be funny as hell too. It's great. Hell yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. And one more question. So on, on Supergirl, you, you just said like you, you always want to play a, a superhero. Yeah. If, if we ever do another, if you ever do another crossover, another multiverse crossover, like maybe we get to see another James Olsen from another world that mm-hmm. can be another superhero. Mm-hmm. What other hero would you would like to portray? Um. What other like like is, another, is this, is this existing hero or just brand new? No, existing hero like like if oh you could. man, easy that's easy, bro. Like, I mean, if if we could somehow cross worlds, I'd love to play Green Lantern. Okay, yeah, like, I can see that. Like, yeah, like John, yeah, yeah, for the, sure, the John Stewart version. Which I think we're overdue for that. I mean, we are. Yeah, the only thing I'm upset about the Idris Elba getting cast as Deadshot is that we don't get him as Jon Stewart. That's the only thing. You know what I mean? Because well, I've been fuck waiting. you, because I can do it. But you know what I'm saying? No, I'm fine, I'm fine with you. I love Idris. I love Idris, but he's busy. Yeah. <laughs> cast him. Someone's only writing a book, making music, and should probably be Jon Stewart. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying, like, get on the train while it's still kind of cheap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't hop on in two years when you got to add a comma to it. You know what I mean? Come now. Come now. And my last question for you. While we're on the subject. That's real, though. I'm of, fucking uh, Getting me fired for not pitching this man as Green Lantern because he should do it. Uh, if you could team up with anybody in uh-huh. real life, say superheroes were real, because you talked about being a comic guy, sweaty, yeah. like one of us. Yeah. You played Jimmy Olsen, who teams up with people all the time. Yep. Who would you want to team up with yourself if superheroes were Batman. real? Batman. Batman. Absolutely, bro. Like, Okay, so like... Uh, Full disclosure, I was more of a Batman fan than a Superman fan at, at all times. So, like, that's, that's just my guy. So, everybody, <laughs> check out this fan's music. New stuff dropping next week. A book coming soon. A mysterious yeah. movie coming soon. Cast the man as Jon Stewart. A lot of stuff's coming. I and like that. He's going to yeah. team up with Batman. A lot's yep. going on. It's and the, a- the music is under King Gypsy. King so Gypsy? It's not, under, it's not under Macabre Brooks. It's under King Gypsy. Okay. With, with V's instead of Y's. Where, where can we check it out? Like Spotify? and uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, everything, everything, everywhere where you can get music, you can get my music. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah man. Dude, and I, I love what you said about life reflecting art and how that shaped you. That, that's that's amazing Thank thing, you, especially today. It's, it's something worth talking yeah. about. It's something we need to be talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Take look, guys. Last thing. Take better care of your relationships with your woman. Period. I can't top it on that note. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Can't wait to see this world grow. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Collider Heroes is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com to stream the original series, Doom Patrol, with new episodes dropping weekly. For those not familiar with Doom Patrol, they're one of the most beloved and bizarre superhero crews out there, with each member having suffered a previous horrific injury that now gives them unique powers. They have unified as a squad of super freaks... 
super freaks to fight for a world that ironically wants nothing to do with them. The star-studded cast is led by Joyvan Wade as Cyborg, Diane Guerrera as Crazy Jane, April Balby as Elastigirl, Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody, with Matt Bomer as Negative Man, and Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. Now, and Robot Man, that's also how you say it. As Robot Man, enjoy Doom Patrol as well as other original series, thousands of added comics, animated films, and classic DC movies on the ultimate DC platform, DC Universe, which is available on your favorite devices. Join today and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. Uh, I wish that were my best Paul that I could call with a watch. Uh. <laughs> He's that awesome. Yeah. I'm a big fan and I, I love the way he sees Supergirl and I loved him talking about like the life he's had after the character like life reflecting art reflecting life he's a good dude uh, check out all the stuff he does Makad Brooks is fantastic awesome and now it is time for some speed round minor mutations okay we got a big news drop. We are getting an animated what if show Dope. coming to DC to DC Plus. Disney Plus. <laughs> the opposite of what I said. <laughs> Disney Plus is getting an animated what if show that is what if MCU. We you've already heard the beginnings right now. What would Mallrats look like? We're pitching it. Make that episode. Cannot wait. Can literally talk about this for an hour, but instead we have to move on to Idris Elba is <gasps> most likely dead shot. I this casting. Cool. Once again, we're gonna talk about it. What I, a great not an upgrade, not a downgrade, a side grade. Just so, it's great. It's yeah. great. What? It's, yeah. Uh, end of an arrow. I'm bringing it back because I love my terrible joke. Um, we learned this week that the eighth season of Arrow will be its final season. It'll be a ten-episode season this fall. Uh, and what happens in it? What happens next? Who knows? What does this mean? Do we still call it the Arrowverse? Ooh. I picture him in some arms. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn is pending pending a Gundam movie. That's what? right. Mobile suit Gundam from BKV. We're going to talk about it. Yep. Uh, we've got some more cast announcements. They are filling out the cast of Morbius, the living vampire. Tyrese. <laughs> I forgot that. Joins- <laughs> oh, cool. It's because the, the horror comics code yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. let you have real vampires in the earth. Anyway, right, right, right. Andrew, uh, Jonah, Matt Smith, uh, Jared Harris are already on board, and Tyrese uh, is, mm. is boarding. We learned this week that the reason why... One of the reasons Gambit died a slow and painful death was the Fantastic Four being a slow and painful death to watch. And oh. we'll talk about that in a second. There was also um, shout out to the good self-humor of Josh Trank on Twitter this week. Yes. Um, cool. I didn't put it in the news because we don't want to pile on, but it was very funny. Uh, we got some words from producer Peter Safran about the trench uh, in what they're trying to do with that. And talking about Alchemist 2 and a filmmaking philosophy, uh, which we've basically said on here, and I love that he said this, you don't want to do it fast. You just want to do it right. Mm, excellent. He's on a horse. <laughs> That's right. Look at your man. Now back at me. Now back to Hellboy. Now back to me. I'm very <laughs> excited by this shot, and we're going to talk about it. I think I looked the wrong way, but assume it works. <laughs> uh, and in, from the We Missed It files and from the various options, El Gato Negro, Nocturnal Warrior, and an indie comic is getting adapted for MGM Television. Thank you so much to the Keen Eyes on Twitter who made sure Ooh. we didn't miss that one. What are they? Amazon picks up Top Cow's Port of Earth. They're making a sci-fi show with Skybound and Top Cow. Netflix is making another Mark Miller joint. They're making Super Crooks as an anime series. Uh-huh. That's okay. really so happening. News. The studio okay. that makes Full Metal Alchemist is adapting a uh, Mark Miller Lionel Yu joint for Netflix because that's 2019, y'all. <laughs> that's so, cool. hey, anything stand out to y'all? Uh, yeah, I'm really curious about the trench. I love Aquaman. I love I love the movie Aquaman. I still like need to be convinced that the trench is good for Aquaman, and not just uh, uh, a movie producer going like, "Hey, you know what we did for the for the Conjuring franchise? We're going to do that for this." It's like, right? But you got to do what's right for Aquaman. Why not just and do what's right for like? If you have a cool horror story that fits in the DC universe, does it need to be about Aquaman? No, but here's what it, I think it needs to do. I think that if you're going to be spending that time, that money, that effort on uh, a big production like that, I think that just as a huge comic book fan, I'm still it's still a little bit heartbreaking that like Warner Brothers execs are coming in and doing their Warner Brothers exec thing as opposed to like do what's right for the comic books. This is not an idea that is organically born out of something that makes a bunch of sense. It's like watching the movie Ant-Man and going, you know what's great about Ant-Man? We're going to do a Quantum Realm movie. Listen, that was a great <laughs> sequence. That's not necessarily like the sequel should be Ant-Man and the Wasp and that's what they ended up doing. So I just want a producer to come forward and be like, look, put your worries aside. The main character in this is going to be Tula. 
Ocean Master's sister to then you know build up so that that character can show up in Aquaman two and let's move the thing forward. Or right? this is a Instead Sea Devils movie. Or this is a Challengers of the some, Unknown. So give me or- some DC tidbit to be like awesome. I can't wait to see that DC Comics book character because I just want the producers of these movies to go look. We've done our research and we are so excited to bring these characters in these worlds to you instead of yeah we did this but like i know how to do this and i'm just gonna do that right i'm just gonna I do the annabelle spin-off you do in that that they're sort of like that they really are looking at the world building i, hope. I just don't know i guess they're not sharing with us what the story is right yet. it's it's krypton krypton didn't make sense and then they were like but adam strange in time travel and then i was like go on and you have my still, attention it's still it's yes. still early yes, yes. Uh, yes. The, now the two big things i think we have to briefly talk about are i just elba deadshot means they're basically that's a strong message to revamp the entire suicide squad deadshot. plus the casting we've heard plus all those things i think this shows a great swing of confidence in james gunn because it shows that dc is trusting james gunn and to me this is like hey less studio interference Go do what you will. And Idris Elba, I wanted to be Batman because if you've ever seen Luther, that is basically a great Batman show. Give me villain of the week every week. Luther is Batman. I wanted that. Never going to happen. But if we're not going to get him as John Stewart, we're not going to get him as Batman. I think he's a great Deadshot. Also, the what if MCU thing. Uh, I think. The, the amount of possibilities. Is it, is it MCU specifically, or is it just an animated what if show? The article I saw described it as being on Disney Plus and being MCU based. I don't oh. know if that's true. Oh. Um, okay. Okay. But like, well, come I on, they have a lot of like density. their audience knows the MCU. You're doing what ifs. Yeah. But I just really wanted what if. Wolverine went back in time and fought Conan the Barbarian and now with Conan's rights time. back like that's gonna I want to see that what about an episode entitled what if Mallrats was part of the DC yeah. universe because I <laughs> feel like go. we may have pitched it earlier I don't think in the they episode. could do that <laughs> they cannot do that it's a maybe an MCU every time we based. say Mallrats John Roca dies a little <laughs> mm-hmm. so I mean the MCU building yeah. is insanely huge and I love the, the ramifications of a what if show that's why the comics were always fun I think doing it animated is great because animation doesn't get enough love and I think that keeps the budgets reasonable yeah. I think this Disney Plus app is sounding better and better the more I hear about it. Like, things like this are such a bold chance. This is really inspiring that they know the comics as much as the other movies have shown. Like, the team on this seems to be a very similar team, if not the same team from the MCU, which makes me very happy. Yeah. And we got to talk about Arrow going out. Yeah. Uh, it is, you know, eight seasons is a great run. Yeah. The show has accomplished the, frankly, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Green Arrow is a household name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really, in, in, like, a wonderful achievement. It is very interesting because we've all been speculating about what's going to happen since the crossover in the fall. Mm-hmm. No Knowing that there is only basically half a season leaves us all with a lot of questions, but it's really about how we get there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I also, the way they announced it I thought was really beautiful is that basically Stephen Amell, it seems like, you know, is, is, is wanting to leave the character and they didn't want him to do the show and have it limp away. And Stephen Amell announced it first. And yeah. then Stephen Amell did a Facebook Live. And I just got to say, to see someone known for being that, like, yoked and manly and playing Arrow, to see someone that emotive and to see someone that emotionally raw and exposed talking about comic fans and being that emotionally available to comic fans. I've always liked Stephen Amell and I've always liked how he handled the social media. But to see someone that open was was a beautiful way to send off a show. It really yeah. speaks to his character. Yeah, yeah. Watch the whole thing. It was like an hour. It's great. Like I just think, I think it's a great way to deliver a message, and I think that I that agree. shows a humanity in comic books we lose a lot, especially in television and film. So thank you, Stephen Amell, for being a great dude. Uh, I yeah. think that Arrowverse is in good hands, even without Arrow. I think that Flashverse is going to be great, and whatever mm-hmm. else they can do going forward, mm-hmm. uh, I really think that that's not going to be that. Like I think end on a high note and don't let the universe suffer for something running too long. Right. So um, yeah. I mean, Supernatural can run for thirty years because they've yeah. made some kind of weird. Bar- with yeah, a the literal uh, bubble. <laughs> kind of the shows. But these sense. these shows, like, it's exhausting. It's a big chunk of someone's life. Uh, we have to eventually, I they guess, work let so things hard. go. They work so hard. I would love it, though. I know it'll never happen because TV production, if all of the seasons of all of their shows were like, guess what? Next season, just 10 episodes. I'd be like, awesome. <laughs> Great. They work so hard. Give them a break. Yeah, let them breathe. Let them travel from Vancouver yes. sometimes. Uh, and the Gundam thing is obviously very exciting, but that's a much longer conversation. Cool. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's exciting. And then the Gambit news is just funny because of how big of a Gambit fan I was of that movie happening and Fantastic so, Four crippling w- it. Is- what was the use? So the news of the Fantastic Four being bad made Fox go, well, we don't want to do Gambit. Well, it, 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 no, it lost money and yeah. they, they oh, were in pre-production gonna... on Gambit and they circled around to be like, can you do it for less money? And they were like, well, we'd have no. to change the script. And then the things kind of just fell apart. They were banned on the money that Fantastic Four was going to make to well, they, fund Gambit in Fox. part? I don't think it was Foolish. that they literally were like, we're out of money. Yeah, sure. I think they... I get it, I yeah, get it. Yeah, just being like, let's make that's all right. safer bets. And they were like, well, that's a different movie than the one we're trying to make. And then yeah. it just didn't work. So the five years you heard about a Gambit movie, we're getting more and more of why it didn't happen. Them changing the script was a big part of it. They tried, it didn't work out. But in the world of things working out, we have a great comic pull list. These comics exist. They worked out. <laughs> Speaking of uh, just being very excited that something is... So there's no segue. Goon number one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I give up. Amy, Eric you gave Powell's up. legendary series, The Goon, has not had a new
new regular issue in some time now. Um, he self-publishes through Albatross Funny Books, but you can find them in your local comic book store. Uh, very excited to have the goon back. Wickedly funny, uh, beautiful art. Uh, just whatever we're getting next, I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, and, and yeah, the, there's a reason all the people you love love the goon. I promise. The filmmakers you love, they love the goon. Mm. Pay attention to this. Check it out. I'm going to do my mini rant while we're on the screen because we're running out of time. Amazing Spider-Man number 17 is the hunted arc kicking off. They've been building up to hunted for a very long time. It is a return of Craven and mainstream. Craven's been behind the scenes for a while. Uh, the, the run of Amazing Spider-Man right now reflects both the Silver Age and the modern age of comics in a really inspiring way. And to see this build up to hunted, if you haven't read Spidey in a long time, this is a great book to jump on because cool. it is everything you love about Spider-Man. Okay, I still like Craven's last hunt though. And I mean, he who does put it? a shotgun in his mouth at the end of that? So okay, let to convince me. <laughs> Fluffy take. <laughs> Next up is the magnificent Ms. Marvel. Uh, this is very special to me because Ms. Marvel's getting a new number one. She's got an adjective now, y'all. Um, I love that. That's a that's, that's a, a big deal in Marvel. Feeling. That's a big yep. deal. She's yeah. about to have a team up series, um, and this is the debut of Saladin Ahmed writing her, uh, who I love from the Exiles. You might love from Black Bolt. You might love from his prose novels. He's a fantasy writer. Um, he is taking over writing Ms. Marvel as of this issue Great. after an incredible like five year run from G Willow Wilson, who yep. created her. Uh, very excited to see what the new era holds for her, and we're all you know pay attention to this for maybe the future of the MCU because Movies. they keep saying we're getting Kamala eventually. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest surprise books has made my number four draft, and that is Wolverine Long Night Adaptation number three. This is an adaptation of a podcast about <laughs> Wolverine. That's right. There is a podcast you can listen to with one of the homies from The Hobbit voicing Wolverine. I forget his name right now. What but... a time to be alive. Armitage? Yes. He also played Heinz Kruger in Captain America the First Avenger. So that gentleman mm-hmm. is friggin' Wolverine, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Yep. But what's cool about this is reading the book, it is this great police and shield procedural, and it reads that way, and Wolverine is more of a boogeyman character, cool. and you can hear... While you're reading it and that's really inspiring to me because i love mixing mediums i love the crossover between like the comic cool. world and this comic feels like a script but on paper like with drawings so it's a really different take on wolverine and there's a hundred wolverine books at all times so this one's at least unique cool. <laughs> and in the take a chance on something new files one of my favorite artists erica henderson uh fresh off of several years of amazing work on the unbeatable squirrel girl yeah. taking kind of a left turn into an indie assassin Nation, um, which just, she's an amazing artist and her art is hilarious. Uh, she's incredibly good at executing gags and visual humor, and it's gonna be great. Kyle Sturtz is writing it. Haven't had a chance to read this one yet, but is on my pull list, sight unseen, because Erica Henderson. Awesome. She just picked it because the play on words. Era. Also, terrible jokes. <laughs> Love them. Uh, Bring them on. In, in 30 seconds, any of those called to you? Uh, yeah, all of them. Eventually, I will read all of those. <laughs> My plan in life is to read every comic ever made. So you know, I got about a point zero five percent done. So you know, that's what I'm. That's what I'm working on. Making moves. I, I, I've been diving heavily into the old Silver Age stuff and Bronze Age. I've been doing the Marvel Epic Collections. Amy mm, knows she's got yeah, a couple yeah. of them for me. She's Hell collected yeah. a few of them for me. And uh, I'm reading like the first run of Thor right now. The Jack Kirby like Journey to Mystery. You know, tr- yeah, all that stuff. So that's where I'm at right now. And I'm never gonna come up for air. I, you know. I- as we wrap, I want to say it's a beautiful time to live in the world of the Captain's Marvel. It yes. is a great time to be a sweaty. See these movies. They are important and affecting people. And, and it's the okay sixth if you don't like them. It really time. is. Yeah, but, uh... it is. But just be consistent if you don't like them. Also, don't like other things for those same reasons. And then it's fine. Just be <laughs> consistent. That's all I ask for. Please. Please. And as you watch them, tweet at all of us. We love hearing what you guys thought of them. We love the conversations. We love the internet. You guys are amazing. And until next week, stay, stay sweaty. sweaty.